I'm Bill Cummins, top dog uh, with Big Train and Locomotives. I'm Casey Curley Saunders with uh, Big Train and Locomotives. This is Jim Matson, aka Big Train of Big Train and the Locomotives, and we are on the local earshot. Ow! We're too far to hit a man upside the head with a tire jack, spitting gravel down an old back road, laying. Would die right there. That would be his fate. The little match, smoke turned black. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the local earshot podcast. We got uh, almost the whole band in the house today. Um, we got Big Train and the Locomotives. Uh, that's what you see for billing. Um, if you go to Instagram, they're they're under Big Train Blues Band, I believe. We got Bill uh, Bill Cummins. Uh, he plays the harmonica. We got Jim Madsen. He plays guitar and lead vocals. And we have Casey Saunders with the bass, bringing in the bass. How you guys doing? Doing well, great. Doing great. Yeah. Awesome, man. I'm glad you guys can make it out. You can pull that a little closer if you want, man. Okay, thank you. Re- and you shouldn't have to lean forward to talk, you know. <laughs> so, um, I found you guys through Instagram. Um, can't really remember. I think just doing this, everything, mm-hmm. we just kind of crossed paths. And you guys reached out, and here we are. So, um, where are you guys from, and... How'd you guys end up in my living room? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the scary part. <laughs> uh, I'm from uh, I'm from Noble, so okay. I'm I'm the closest one right to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm ten minutes away. Uh, I'm from Ada, okay. Oklahoma, a little further south. A little further, yeah. Okay. I started in Iowa, went to Nebraska, went to Ohio, and then ended up here in Oklahoma. Man. You yeah, know, I know. You went the wrong direction, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, the cool thing that I've noticed about you know when I moved into Norman um, is having grown up in Iowa, it was it was like everything was the same, except everybody had a little bit of an accent. But you know, it, it's, it's we it's, have the accent. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, but it's it's flat and streets are laid out in a grid. Yeah. You know, and and people say what they mean and they do what they say. And you know, having lived in Cincinnati, where streets will change name with little or no warning. You'll be on Batavia, you'll go under a bridge, and you're on Ohio Pike. Yeah. It's like when the hell did that happen? You know. And so, and and it was just really weird and really provincial. It's like they have their own little groups, you know. And I remember coming into Norman and going to uh, uh, an open mic, and uh, Michael Bendur, who's with Heartbreak Rodeo and the Whisker Gingy, Whisk, Whiskey Gingers. I've heard that, the name of the bands. I yeah. Don't, I don't know him personally. Oh, but, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a great guy. Um, anyway, he, you know, within like the first... Two minutes I was there, he came up and said, hey, how you doing? Michael Bendor, glad, glad you're here. You know, And we have been friends ever since. And, the, and, and he is kind of indicative of how everybody is here. And that's, you know, I just love it. I would have never picked Oklahoma as my own, but I love it here. I really do. Norman, I love Norman. Every time we go on vacation or something, I'm, I'm always ready to get back. I mean, yeah. I'm from yeah. New Walla out in the <clears throat> sticks originally. But, um, yeah, getting out of there and coming here, it doesn't seem like it's that far up the road, but it's uh, – a lot different culturally in Norman, I think, than anywhere else in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. college town. That's a yeah. That's a I grew up in Norman, Norman, so yeah I, yeah, I agree. I just I just love it here, and there's a lot to do. And the thing about Oklahoma, Norman, eh, Oklahoma City, but 
Tulsa, if, as far as musicians, mm-hmm. <clears throat> seems to be, especially since COVID, seems to be where most people are having any luck with gigs, legit gigs. What is, at uh, least in the last couple of years, what has been y'all's experience? Y'all, y'all been playing music for a while. Y'all, y'all been through different eras and different things. Like, what did the COVID do that really fucked everything up? I think, you know, for us, it kind of just put everything as far as shows on a pause. And, you know, at first we were all like, okay, we, 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 we got to stay in our silos. But then we would still reach out and keep in touch and make sure that, you know, things were going on. Um, you know, I know, I know Casey had, uh, um, you know, he had traveled with, toured with a blues band. And, he, I mean, he's got an extensive, ex, you know, resume. It's, it's impressive. But were you, were you gigging live at the time during COVID or? No, no. Okay. No, not at all. That's actually when I stopped being a lawyer and got back into playing music. COVID happened, and I was like, well, that's just great timing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt, too. Like, I haven't picked up a guitar very much, and here I am trying to get back into it, and nobody's getting in the same room together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, I, okay, live shows and, and rehearsals and stuff. How, did the like the whole... Digital trying. I, I I can see where that helps with band meetings, handling yeah. business. But as far as trying to work out a part of a song, that just has not turned out to be a useful tool. For, no, not for me. I mean, I'm sure if if you're set up and people have have success with that, it's cool. But it, I mean, what's the name of those website? What's the big website that does the group uh, talk? Oh, like Zoom? Yeah, Zoom. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that we had to use for the one yeah, interview. Yeah. We've, we've done it. And, I mean, it's like if, if there's a huge gap in distance, you know, talking to a band in Tulsa or yeah. like we've Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh California. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, you have to kind of make it work. Make it work. But, yeah. um, man, I don't know. Something about just one-on-one and just talking. It's, it's, it's that connection. Human connection, is you just can't beat it, especially as a musician when the point is to play in tune and in key yeah. at the same time and you know it's <laughs> well you gotta get the same vibe from each person yeah. in the band you too and if you, each other you, and you can't you can't do that hardly remotely yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is we are social creatures by nature yeah right and so we need that personal interaction and to try to do it you know remotely through a, a screen it just doesn't work it takes away a lot it doesn't work yeah and honestly music is one of the really only ways I'm a social person. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm typically not. I'm usually pretty keep to myself. But uh, yeah, you put me in a rock and roll crowd, and all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> so um, playing around town, or like, what are some of y'all's uh, like home spots that uh, keep keep ca- keep having you back, or is at least a reliable gig for what's around here in the city? Well, you know, one of the one of the places that's you know really popping up, and and the the thing that's that's interesting is that. The places we used to play, uh, we don't play anymore. And it's not because we don't want to. It's just we've kind of outgrown them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're getting to looking at uh, places like Mooney's Pub is is turning into a really fun gig. And the people there just have a blast and, you know, want us back. Um, we're getting out of Bandy's Barbecue. Okay. Um, and they've got a great stage. And, you know, there's nothing that goes better with barbecue than the blues 
Yeah. Right? For sure. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that, that's, that's another one. And, um, and then, you know, JJ's Alley. It is a snug fit. Oh for yeah. Us. It's, yeah, it's stripped yeah. down. It's, it's really small. Yeah, it's, it's stripped down for us. But love playing uh, there because people are there just for the music. It seems like yeah. I have a buddy who's a comic. He says on comic nights, it's like that's your. They go in there to see you. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. feeling. Yeah. You know. Yep, absolutely. So. And and we bring something that um, is completely different from what other bands are doing. You know, and that's why, you know, um, they like us so much at Mooney's and that's why, you know, they like us so much at, at these other venues is it's it's a completely different sound. You know, it's not your country, it's not your country rock, it's not your rock cover band, it's, it's not you your know, red dart. Right. we yeah. we play the blues. Yeah. You know. And people think the blues is sad and weepy. It's like, oh no. No. Blues is raucous. You know, the blues can swing. It's, it's, the, it's a whole spectrum. Absolutely. In its own, yeah. Yeah, it encapsulates every emotion, you know, and that's, and that's what really what makes it fun. One thing I'll, I'll ask, just because I'm not afraid to fucking ask, and it's a reality. Uh, we had a friend of ours on uh, last week whose show will be actually next week's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a rapper in Oklahoma, uh-huh. and he's ha- he, he can't find – it's Oklahoma. Yeah. So he goes to places like Chicago, the hot spots for rap, you know, and, and he said one thing about if you're playing black music to a black crowd, you, they'll give you a shot, but you better get up there and crush it. Yeah. Are we, are we losing it? <laughs> That's no problem. You good? I'm good. Okay, cool. So have you had those experiences like a, you go to a, a barbecue or a big festival and it's like you're playing their music to them? Is there any pressure there, or you just get up there and do your thing, and hey, whatever happens, happens? I, I think, I, you know, not around here, but when um, uh, we were down in, in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and, you know, Clarksdale is the cradle of the blues, yeah. you know. I mean, you draw a 60-mile radius around there, that's where Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker and Charlie Patton and Robert Johnson and on a, James Cotton and on and on and on and on. And... Um, and, and so playing down there at the Ground Zero Blues Club, that was some pressure because Ground Zero Blues Club is like the number one or number two blues club in the, in the U.S. And we're playing on that stage. Nice. Yeah. And so that was, if we've ever been in an environment where there's been a little pressure, you know, that's... that's yeah, sweating a few bullets yeah. when we went up on that stage. I think, yeah. I think it's good. Honestly, I think it's a, it's a good kind of pressure. Oh, yeah. Um, because when you're when you're playing a type of music for the culture that invented it, yeah, they're going to hold you to a fucking standard. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, but they if are. you crush it, the they don't lie to you either. Yeah. I mean, no. uh, you'll get full, you'll get the feedback either way. So yeah, that's right. That's definitely that's cool, man. I think that's we need more of that. We need more crossing over and stuff. But man, the thing about Oklahoma, it sure is hard to it's hard to get a crowd of people together that love your music. Never mind. A random crowd of people that just yeah. want to go see music, at least in Oklahoma City. Um, I, I kind of wish that, uh, like, uh, venues and clubs right now would pack in, like, the house party that I was at last night. <laughs> because I went to a punk party that, like, uh-huh. they, they're being evicted uh, because they throw they throw house parties in the middle of the city, like, concerts inside their house. And uh, and so, like, but there was a bunch of punk bands. And, and I mean, like, the whole house was full of people. And, That's and punk then, rock right there. And then I go, yeah. I go to a yeah. venue, and it's like, it's like half the people, you know, in a room that can actually hold double that. Yeah. Like, it's... 
man, it's it's uh, it's different now with the digital thing, and maybe you guys can elaborate on just the differences over the years. Because when I started playing music, CDs were still the hot ticket. Yeah, you know, so it's like that's how you made your music. Now it's mostly all digital, and actually the vinyl scene is still kicking like people buy vinyl records i don't know if it's because they actually listen to them or if it's for novelty but what have you guys seen change over the years as far as trying to reach people get your music out well um right now you know that's why we're so active in social media you know with instagram we've got like 6100 followers right and we're we're growing that you know every, every day i get new followers that's Fifty eight hundred more than we got. So. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, you guys probably need to market this. Yeah, we should be on uh, your show. Uh, yeah. we <laughs> well, we are going to promote the bejesus. We're on the uh, we're on the red da- red dirt blues podcast right now. Uh, uh, um, Big train and, in Oklahoma. We're the caboose. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know we're we're I, I'm actively promoting that, mm. and, you know, and actively pushing all of that. And you know the other thing is is you know I'm a I'm a marketer and advertiser by day. Oh, okay. And so you know one of the things that we'll do is um, there's this old old adage. It's it's a lot easier to get the people that are walking in front of your store to stop in than the people who are on the other side of town to right. stop in, right? And so I'll do these little plexiglass tabletops with stuff about our band of when we're playing, you know, and I'll drop them off Monday in, in the bar or a venue where we're playing. And so everybody that's in there throughout the week will see that, right? And so, you know, I'll do stuff like that. Um, but, you know, thinking of uh, when Casey, back when you were touring and stuff like that, how, you know, how did you promote it? How did you guys promote uh, when we were just, out on the road? We just, well... Basically the same way the singer was always, you know, kind of the PR guy at the same time, you know. But uh, it was basically the same way, you know. He was always, you know, cards and um, things like that. And that was when, you know, it was in 2099. So it was a little, you know, ways back, you know, before digital really got carried away. But um, it was a lot of the same. We just we just went on the road and played everywhere, you yeah. know. It was like you would always read... And when I was a kid and I'd read about bands and they'd be talking about coming up and they're all like, man, we just played everywhere. We played anywhere they would take us, you yeah. know, and that's kind of where we were. You know, we just, we'd go to Illinois and play, or we'd go to, you know, St. Louis and play. So we just played everywhere and, um, just getting out there and just doing it all the time. was kind of the way that we promoted it back then. Yeah. Still the tried and true. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just got to get yeah, out there and play. Got to get out there and play. You got to get out there and play. Which wow. is fun because I actually like to do that. So, you know, I don't, I don't, it's not really, what was it? I think it was Einstein or someone said that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in yeah. your life. It's, it's that kind of thing, you know. You can go out and play all the time because I just love to play. Yeah. You know? That's, it's, I think that's where the, the world's collided with COVID was a lot of bands still make their bread and butter by playing live. Right. And when that goes away, the social media thing is very weird. I'm noticing if you don't constantly do it, it's not that they ban you or stop you from putting stuff up, but it just gets buried. Like nobody right. will see it unless right. you're constantly. Mm-hmm. Got to keep recirculating. Ex- yeah, it's hard for me and him both because it's like I figure if we check in on it once a day, that's that's not enough. Yeah, well, it turns out not enough. <laughs> you, know, you got to be on it multiple times a day. I'm like, 
but it's a learning process. I feel like with the digital stuff, I spent so much time learning studio work, tape and whatever that now I'm standing at the base of this mountain of this thing that's been growing and I've been oblivious to it. And now I'm doing this and I got to learn all that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have started when it came out, but I did. Yeah. It's just one of them deals. You yeah. Know. And, and, you know, I think the, the other thing that that's important with, with digital marketing, social marketing is, you know, it's the old adage that content is king. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's why every day there is a, uh, this happened in blues. This person was born today. This was, you know, there's always, there's something going out every day, mm-hmm. you know, so there's always a touch point, you know, and I had somebody, um, you know, give me, uh, leave a con, uh, comment on our uh, Instagram. He goes, I, you know, I learned something new every day by following you, you know, about, you know, and, and, you know, and, and it's, and it's the weirdest, stupidest stuff. Like, I t- you know, w- when I, I told everybody that, okay, Pink Anderson, Old blues guy from mm-hmm. the Carolinas, Floyd Council, the old blues guy from the Carolinas. That's where the name Pink Floyd came from. Yeah. You know? Which one's Pink? Uh, he's yeah. a real guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 It wasn't so, their band, but it, it was their from Pink. a band. Yeah. He's a real guy. Yeah. 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 Real guy. Yeah. By the way, which one's Pink? I love that. Man, line. and going back to those Delta, the, 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 where the blues really came out yeah. of, you know, the sharecroppers and the, the slavery days, and it's like there's a lot of pain in that music. And then over the years, it's 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 like the tone of it can be positive, but the lyrical content in some of them blues songs can be very very heavy. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Like Lead Belly was fam- real good at it. He could take a song with super heavy lyrics about murder or whatever, yeah. the heaviest stuff, and put it to this high, nice, cheery. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. like and then you listen to it the second, third time, you're like, oh. Shit, that's that's not something to play around with a bunch of people, man. Yeah. Well, and 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 that's the thing about you know the blues is that it is rife with innuendo. You know, they're singing one thing, but they are clearly meaning another. Yeah. You know, and but a lot, you know, a lot of it was just to get past some of the um, uh, uh, censors at the time. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 And so you know, and and so the you know the interesting thing is. You know, it started out in the 20s and 30s as race records, right? And so, and, and, and they would, you know, bring somebody in and then record something. And if it sold, more and more and more. And so you have, you know, some of these artists like Charlie Patton and, you know, that may have, you know, recorded. They called them sides because it was only one side, right? right. 78. Um, and may have recorded, you know, 100 sides or 120 sides, you know. And then there are other people that may have just recorded four, but... Those four were very influential on everything else, you know, and, and influenced other people. Robert you know, like Johnson, and, I mean, he only put out one album. I mean, right. the rest have just been re-releases of the same stuff, a little mix different or yeah. whatever. And then Eric yeah. Clapton took that ball and ran with it. Yeah, and, and the cool thing about Robert Johnson is, yeah, he, he recorded 37 sides. And four of them are cited by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as being influential on the, on the direction of rock and roll. You know, four out of thirty-seven. That's bad and pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. bad and pretty good. You know? yeah. And so, yeah, and so it's one of those, you know, kind of really cool things. The other cool thing about Robert Johnson is we know the the two locations where he recorded, and there's a hotel in uh, San Antonio. It's called the Gunter Hotel, and he recorded in room four ten, and so you can go to that room 
where Robert Johnson recorded in 1928. Nice. Where he recorded Sweet Home Chicago. And, um, oh, God, what are some of the other ones? I'm just drawing a blank. Walking Blue. Crossroads. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, Man. yeah, so it, it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, and it's like, um, <laughs> it's, it's a cliche, but it is kind of true, is um, black folks make beautiful music, white people sell it. Yeah. And then you, uh, and it happened with the blues. I mean, eventually got into the 80s and 90s, and the, Stevie Ray Vaughan comes along, and everybody thinks this is the newest thing. It's like, he's been copping <laughs> the same licks that... Muddy Waters was playing, and, yeah, and all yeah, these yeah. guys, you know, it's yeah. Buddy guys. He's one of my top guys too. And it's 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 always interesting to see people get reintroduced to a style of anything, and the, it's kind of like the jokes on them. Like, oh yeah, this guy's a hot shot. He's he's white hot right now, yeah. but he learned it from yeah. This oh guy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I saw an interview on Stevie Ray Vaughan one time, and he was talking about the rhythms of one of the songs. He said. It was a horse going across a drawbridge. Yeah. That was the rhythm. Yeah. I mean, you know, he said, that's, that's how that rhythm came about. And, yeah. it, you know, and he was plain as day once he said it. I never thought about it before, but plain as day. I, I think people want so bad for there to be a new artist that's really new. And it's just, it happens, but it's rare. Yeah. You know, yeah. even someone like Hendrix, his licks are very much blues licks he yeah, just absolutely. cranked he just yeah. cranked up the volume and and the wah-wah and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, sustain. yeah i heard a funny story about buddy guy who's a you know a great blues guitar player and his son was wanting to learn how to play guitar and he said well who should i listen to dad now this is buddy guy's son you know and he goes well y'all try this hendrix fellow and this was in the 60s and so he's you know wow you know and really got taken up with hendrix and so he got where he was watching his interviews and everything and he uh was watching an interview on television and Jimi Hendrix goes, you know, I probably wouldn't even be playing guitar if it wasn't for Buddy Guy. That's the truth, too, man. <laughs> Buddy Guy, oh yeah, he's, he's Buddy Guy's up on my Mount Rushmore. That yeah, guy, absolutely. Uh, when you hear him play the old records now, it, I mean, not to take away from it, but there's so many hot shot guitar players that have come out since then that, yeah. It does kind of lose its its older recording, but when you right. picture that he was doing this in the early '60s, yeah, holy shit! I mean, that's that had never been heard before, right? Especially with the wah wah pedal, yeah. When that came around, melting people's faces off, you know, yep. yeah. And yeah. I, was that that's just a natural transition into the rock and roll world, though? Mm-hmm. And I mean, blues is the root music for just about all American music at this point i mean yeah yeah seems like the jumping off point is where country western started to develop that's where rock and roll came and then from there metal blah blah yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and, and early early on jazz and yeah. Well, yeah yeah right jug bands and some of those things back in the in the teens and 20s jazz is something i've i tried to i, I learned from it looking on the board uh-huh. the theory but as far as trying to play some of that i never really never really explored it yeah there's uh um, there's an uh, eight or ten part series on the history of jazz um, that you know takes it way 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 back, and it and it shows the evolution of everything, and, it, and it's just it's wonderful to watch. It really is. If you have a chance to to get it, who's the big documentary in the public TV? Uh, Burns. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he did it. It is. Yeah, if you have a chance to watch it, it's I would. The thing that's kind of sad about jazz is it's it's entered the schools and. <clears throat> 
once it's done that, then it becomes an academic exercise. Right. So it's like, well, what are you going to do on a two-five turnaround? We're going to try that? to fit you in this yeah. box, and that's the opposite of what jazz is even about. About. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a music just like the blues. It's a communication. Yeah. You know, and I, it always takes me back to a story. Um, a bass player was talk giving a talk at the at the Wichita Jazz Festival, which is where all the college bands go to play and compete. And uh, he got up there and. There were guys out in the audience. Well, if it's a D seven flat five, you know, and you're going to a, you know, an E, you know, minor seven, you know, he looked at him funny. He goes, "Look, man." He goes, "Well, it took me twenty years to know what you guys have learned in class in a week." He said, "But I'm just going to tell you what I know. There's three things that you need to know to be a good bass player: be on time, which I didn't do today. I'm sorry. Yeah, but be on time, play good time, and make whoever's in front of you sound good." And he picked up his jacket and walked out. And that was it. You know, because that's basically, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a science project. You know, you're yeah. not sitting there like a chemin lab, you know, trying to work out yeah. your, you know, how do you make, you know, salt, you know, Na go into potassium and all. You know, it's not that, you know. Well, I would it's, push a little and say in the studio situation it is. I, I, I'm, well, I'm bad about that, though, too. Self-admitted I'm a perfectionist. But live, fuck it. Let it rip. Yeah, it's all in the ether yeah. after a while. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. What is it? Yeah. Jazz is an excuse to make bad, you know, play bad notes. You know? <laughs> it's chromatic. <laughs> it's a chromatic yeah, that's, that's, right. that's my excuse. That's what D.B. King has this great line. He goes, every time I hit a bad note, I just big yeah. it up. So it sounds better. That's exactly where I'll, his exact quote was, just bend the shit out of it until it works. <laughs> I, re- I read it in yeah. a magazine. Yeah. King said that. Yeah. Well, my favorite was John Coltrane who said, uh, if you make a bad mistake, make it again. Yeah. <laughs> really, they think you do on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> wow, he's really outside, man. Did you hear that? <laughs> it's so flat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he did it again. It must be the way he wrote it. But when yeah. you think about it, jazz was just like the blues. It was just in rock and roll. I mean, you know, you were talking about how we all got started, you know, and, you know, about being around people. What was music for me was my friends in a garage. And we played our first Iron Maiden song, and it sounded like the record. We couldn't believe it, so we played it 50 more times, you know. But it was your friends, you know. It was, you were sitting there, you know, to enjoy the music with your friends and make music with your friends and looking at them and being in the same room is all real important. But jazz is the same way. I mean, it's, it's real technical, and yes, you could say that, you know, it is complicated. And I'm not saying it's not, but it started out as being just guys in a room mm-hmm. making stuff. And they always, a friend of mine said, there's only two questions, or what, there's only really one question you need to ask about music. Do you like it? Does it sound <laughs> Does good? Does it sound good? That's it. Yeah. You know? Other than that, it doesn't matter if you're doing a you know, D7 flat five. You know, going, you know, it doesn't, none of that matters. Oh, and one thing I've learned, too, is that even if you play it perfect and it sounds perfect to you, that person out there listening might not have the same interpretation as you do. Right. You know? so, yeah, that's right. What are you going to do? You can't make them all happy. But I don't know. There's a certain intervals there that jazz loses me on the. It was a good exercise in how to improvise with other people, um, but like like you were saying, sometimes the audio files and big heads can get in the way of just making music. Yeah. Like, well, that doesn't really technically work over that. Like, was there really technically rules? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's called music theory. Yeah, and yeah. it's not in the scientific sense. It's literally like this. Most of the time works with this. Not guaranteed. Yeah. But yeah. it does most of the time. You know, your one, four, five, that yeah. kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. jazz is a whole different thing. And honestly, that's where I got into jazz was from Dimebag Daryl because he plays uh he plays a lot of chromatic climbs on, and it's metal, but it's 
it's it's still that jazz technique mm-hmm. that he's using and that's actually what put took me back to that to learn like oh you know maybe that split second millisecond sour note if you land on the root <laughs> right after that, yeah. it, it can kind of work. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we improvise every week because Jim always comes up with a new song that we don't know or that we haven't done before, and so we have to improvise immediately. <laughs> but see, I, you know, I do that intentionally because he's doing it for your benefit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and generally, those are the songs that are like spot on. Yeah, because everybody is like so dialed in. Because I, I remember, you know, back when I was doing, you know, the solo gig, um, you know, I'd be in the middle of some song, and I'd be thinking, it's like, yeah, I got to get my oil changed tomorrow, and God, I got the shirt paper to do, and, and then the next thing I know, I was like, have I done the second verse yet? <laughs> you know, and you just, you just, and I can only imagine how it must have sounded, right? You know, and so, you know, I love, um, you know, pulling out something new, and again, I wouldn't do it if these guys weren't capable of doing it, right? If we didn't have, you know, musicians on stage that I was comfortable enough to say, okay, it's going to be this, we're going to start in A, watch the bridge, we go to D, and, you know, whatever. You know, I'll give you a head nod. And we'll start, and they'll be right along. And the, the nice thing is, is, again, they're just dialed in, and it sounds so good, so much better than songs that we've been playing, you know, over and over and over for the past four years. Yeah, it's sometimes I go to a show and I'll see a band that's so well rehearsed that it does kind of take away from the live feeling. Yeah, like that everything's right on the edge. But on the other side of it, if you're on the road or even just local and you're playing the same song every night for yeah over and over, I mean, I could see where it gets to just. Like you said, you're thinking about your chores yeah. <laughs> as, you're, as you're doing it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's why, you know, uh, we're fortunate enough that we have a repertoire that we don't have to repeat stuff, you know, from night to night. You know, we can say, okay, we're going to start with the back half of the song list or whatever and just mix it up. We're going to put different stuff up to the front. And, and, um, and, and so that helps to keep it. And so yeah. all of a sudden we're going to say, okay, we haven't played this one in a while, yeah. you know, and, and everybody's ears perk up. You know, it's like, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's perk up. My butt's pucker a little. That has been my biggest failures on a stage was, hey, you know this song? Like, no, I didn't practice it. Well, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. What key is it? That's the only thing we really need to know. Yeah. 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 And and then again, that's, you know, that's the cool thing about, about, playing with these guys you know as as bill has really gotten into his own as a harmonica player and and and, you know casey is is a phenomenal bass player and has played in you know so many different environments you know i mean neil young even asked was interviewing you to go out on on tour right damn yeah yeah Yeah. so you know this is a caliber of people we have on stage and so it it makes it fun how long have y'all been actually around uh, billing as big train and locomotives um, this version, Casey started with us in October. October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've been doing, you know, Big Train or a version of that. God, since uh, we had the Big Train, Big Train String Quartet back uh, in the early days of the Norman Music Festival. Oh, okay, you know. So Hopefully and the we'll whole Big again. Train thing started. Um, I was playing at this bar up in uh, uh, South Dakota, and my friends were, were stopping by. 
and uh, and they have like on the chalkboard marquee, you know, come in, listen to the acoustic sounds of Jim Madsen, and you know, my friends being my friends, got their racer and the chalk, and you know, live one night only, Jimbo, Big Train, Madsen, and, and kind of stuck, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, it's one of those things where you can't make up your own blues name, you know. It's right. you earn it, it's given to you, it's give, you know. And so, you know, that's what's kind of happened here. So, I, that's how I got mine and. And Top Dog is uh, <laughs> he does he does labs. Yeah. Um, he does judging for field trials for labs and things like that. And Curly, you just have curly hair, I guess. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was too easy. Yeah, it was. I couldn't pass it over. You know, you, you know. I mean, you could come up th- with things like. You know, Spinkter. Casey Spinkter Saunders. Doesn't have the same. Doesn't have the same. I don't want to know how you got there. Right? You know? So, you know, Curly's better, right? Yeah. Some mafia shit you guys got going on here, man. Start calling a guy Big Pussy around here. I'm not going to talk to him. Yeah. yeah, we all have soap on our own. Yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> Well, um, as far as writing influence, I mean, you guys are pros. You've been around a while. So who are, who are some of your, your top dogs, Mount Rushmore, so to speak, of uh, players, songwriters, anybody that just really stuck out with you all along the way? For songwriting, for me, it's always been about a story. And that started early, early on, back when I was you know, playing uh, to pay for college. And, and I played you know, Harry Chapin and Jim Croce and you know a, a really good story was the thing that hooked me that hooked the listeners um, and also that's kind of where you know I've been playing the blues for a long long time and it really kind of started you know with like some of the early Jim Croce stuff you know you don't mess around with Jim it's got that you know and, and Roller mm-hmm. Derby Queen is that's part of our repertoire um, you know and, and so you know, kind of got into that and, and then started writing, you know. But, you know, so those two that tell a story. Willie Dixon, you know, you, Willie Dixon wrote so many blues standards that, you know, you don't appreciate. Um, and so, you know, he's up there. He was with Chess Records in Chicago and, and recorded, uh, wrote and recorded and, and produced Anybody in Chicago in the, in the blues scene, Muddy Waters and, you know, John Lee Hooker would come in from Detroit and play there, Holland Wolf, uh, James Cotton, on and on and on. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. Legendary. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's, you know, from a songwriting standpoint, you know, that's, you know, that's who, who I, I kind of follow. But for harmonica... You know, yeah, and I'm a novice player. I'm I'm the rookie in the band. I don't know a lot of <laughs> harmonica players. Maybe you can school me up. Other yeah. than other than uh, uh, Muddy Waters guy, or who was he? Oh, oh yeah. Well, Muddy Waters had so many different yeah, players different ones. Through. Yeah, you Sonny know, Boy, Blues and, Traveler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. 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 yeah, right. You know, but I I, I started listening to more of the older players uh, to try to pick up on some of the stuff they were doing. Sonny Boy and and. Uh, Slim Harpo a little bit. James Cotton. I listened to a lot of James Cotton. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Bell. You know, oh, so. Carrie Bell. Yeah. yeah. So. Little Walter. You know, yeah, Little Walter. Little Walter. Sure. That's yeah. what I was trying yeah. to think yeah. of. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I try to listen to those and pick up things from them. And, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's a learning experience yeah. every day. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, honestly, a piano and harmonica is, I mean, if you're filling out a live sound, it's. You gotta have you gotta have something back there, even an acoustic yeah. guitar. Like there's just a gap to fill in if you're yeah. not 
Especially if you're not cranking the amps all the way up, you know? Yeah, and that, and that's the nice thing about Bill is um, he's really good at kind of comping in between. Um, and then, you know, when it's his, his time to take a ride, you know, it just he just kills it, you know? And he's, he says he's a novice, and, and it's, yeah, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> My ass. No. Now, Casey has been playing for... Long, long time. Who would you say are your... your Mount Rushmore on the base there? Well, uh, well, of course, you know, it's like Jaco Pastorius or something like that. But when I was a kid, I got to know American blues thanks to British rock bands. Yeah. You know, because uh-huh. it had to have the Rolling Stones come over and tell me, no, this is your music. You know, we like it, you know. And um, so like Led Zeppelin, who did a lot of Willie Dixon songs. I think he, Willie Dixon actually sued him. Yeah, and because, won. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because Killing Floor, you know, somehow he wrote it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I, I learned um, American Blues because Eric Clapton told me who American Blues was, yeah. you know, and, and Keith Richards did. And, and then I got to know the Allman Brothers and Grateful Dead, and those are the jammy bands, and I like the improv bands. Um, but as far as, like, you know, if you're saying, like, bass players, yeah, Stanley Clark, Jacko Pastorius, the usual, you know, Getty Lee, I was a big Rush fan, you know. But I like American music. I like I like um, I like blues. I like the Allman Brothers. I like Grateful Dead. I like American Americana. Yeah. Hank Williams Sr. I think is a great watershed moment in American music. You yeah. Know? Um. So those were my influences growing up. Like my mother would sing Hank Williams songs to me when I was a little kid. That always stuck with me. So I always knew Hey Good Looking because that's what my mother would sing to me. You know. That's cool. And. Um, uh, so yeah, those were my influences. Bass, you know, there's jazz and rock and stuff, but blues. I you know, I, I enjoy playing blues bass playing. And a lot of people can say, well, it's just three chords, it's a lot of shuffles, you know, and you're basically outlining the chord and stuff. But you can, you know, a it's lot a lot of, more than that. Yeah, a lot to operate in yes. those three chords. Yes, and also it's the swing. If you got to have a, if you get your band swinging, you get the audience dancing. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, because blues is a dance music. You know, kind of forget that. You know, in the hey, you know, the big you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, flashy yeah, guitar yeah, playing yeah. and stuff. It is a dance music. That's what it was meant for. You know, it's a, it's a moving music and it makes people feel something. And if you can swing and make people feel something, then you've done a good job as a bass player. And that's yeah. a real challenge. You know, it's not something that's easily done. So I get influenced by those players as well as, you know, the flashy showing off Getty Lee's Jacko Pastorius yeah. players. But um, you're my- fun to watch as a bass player. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to see where you go on the neck. It's, okay, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I'm well, man, I, I'm I'm surprised every time I see uh, a band come in and play. Last week we had uh, Broke Ass Radio. Shout out to those guys. And he's you know I did I, I heard a few other songs on Instagram. I was like, oh, cool, we'll have them on. And they came in with acoustic stuff, and I'm like, all right, let's see what let's see what happens. And they crushed it. I was like. I don't know if this is a straight punk rock band. And then they started saying their influences and they kind of have this hodgepodge of different stuff. And then they were playing, the bass player was up here. She was down the bottom of the neck and he was in the middle. And then somehow it all fit. And that's impressive when I see somebody do that. Cause I can't do that. I can't walk all around. I can play a few licks and tricks, but it's just mm-hmm. all flash and glitter. It's no substance, you know, 
<laughs> well, you know, the steak isn't the steak if you don't have a lot of sizzle. Hey, man. Right? I, I'm a, I was born in 85, so my, my influences are on my sleeve. On I mean, that was the, that was the Shredder era. <laughs> yeah, my Mount Rushmore is definitely Pink Floyd, David Gilmore, and, and Slash, and uh, Buddy Guy on the Blues Inn. Stevie Ray Vaughan, honestly, not really. I love his music, but as far as an influence on my style, not not really. Um, uh, Hendrix more more so, but yeah. uh, most Stevie Ray's licks are just Hendrix played at 150 beats per minute, you know. Yeah. So and like like you're saying, yeah, it's just three chords. Get up there and play just three chords, and eventually some something's gonna happen in the middle of a of a transitioning through those chords where somebody's going to jump and it's going to make some sound and then everybody else jumps in and then next thing you know we're playing a solo and just going crazy so (laughs) sometimes that's sometimes that's what you need too so well i think our our tornado alarm is about to go off we might take a breather uh no living in oklahoma um i don't get mad at that um having been through a couple tornadoes myself i I'm totally okay with that. I want to hear him. So I want to hear him. Yeah. yeah. So right. I just take a break here and. Yeah, you want me to do the time, talent, treasure for the nine minutes? Sure, so, let's do yeah. that. All right. Take it away. Okay. Uh, the Local Airshot Podcast is a value for value podcast. Uh, what does that mean to our listeners? Uh, we don't take ads. Uh, we work on mostly donations, and um, and if we do take on sponsorships, it's usually with. Uh, companies or people that actually align with our our beliefs in the value for value system and and so that means that they're usually going to be like local or um you know providing things for bands and and artists and stuff which is what we're trying to do so um and so there's three different ways to give uh to our podcast which is uh with your time when you listen to an episode you're actually giving uh, your time up you could be listening to a lot of different episodes uh but uh, you know we're just happy that you are listening to us and um and listening to a lot of the artists that are coming on um and then also if you want to donate your time to make like you know uh album art or other little things that we can use on our website or other um, promotional ways of doing that stuff. We will we'll accept all that stuff um, at my email at john at the local uh, And then as for talent, if you are an artist and you want to come on the show and talk about music, maybe even play some music, uh, then you can also hit me up at john at the local and uh, just drop me an email. Uh, if you hit us up on social media, um, I normally cover the Facebook page and all that stuff. And Brad normally does Instagram. Yeah. If you so get on Instagram, that. You're most likely talking to me if you go on Instagram, but I do respond. So if you have yeah, something to say, we're pretty quick to respond. Get so. on there. We'll get after you. We'll get after you. Yep. And then uh, for for treasure, uh, we take uh, donations with uh, Cash App, Vitmo, and um, crypto. And that can all be found on our website, thelocalearshot.com. Um, and actually, today's episode, uh, I mean, I know we're at like, what, 49? Uh, we're almost up to our 50, um, second episode, which would be 52 weeks, which would make mm-hmm. a year. Um, and today is February 12th, and this is our one-year anniversary of whenever we actually started recording an episode. If someone so, didn't get COVID, we would be on 52. Yeah, we probably would be on 52 <laughs> if I would have gotten COVID. You're, you are correct, sir. You are correct. That is true. How dare you get sick? How dare you get the flu? How dare you get sick and ruin our show? 
our ability to turn out a year's worth of episodes. But yeah, uh, so yeah, we're setting out one year, which is awesome. And so hopefully we can keep on doing this um, with your support. Thank Rock you for listening. on. Let's take a break and uh, come back after the sirens. All right. I had to get that out of the system. And uh, hey, no, no. The sky is not trying to murder us today. That's always good. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I see you guys brought some gear. You guys, uh, well, tell me a little bit about your favorite gear before we get all rigged up here. So, um, harmonica player, because I don't know dick about harmonicas. You can school <laughs> okay. me up here. All right. Well, uh, you know, a couple of I have a couple of different uh, mics that I use. Uh, I started off with a, a, a JT30 mic, and then uh, recently bought a, a Bulletini. And uh, that's from Blow Away, Blow Me Away Productions, and uh, I really like it. It's uh, a super, super sweet mic. And I'm running it through a, a Fender uh, Super Champ XD amp, and I uh, really like it. It's kind of a hybrid. It's half tube and half electronic, so it's, uh, it's, it's a neat little amp. And so that's, that's my current setup. What about you on the bass? Um, grew up. My first bass I loved was the Fender Jazz. Yeah, so I, yeah, I love yeah. the jazz. And uh, <laughs> but with the blues, you need a little more chunkier sound. So what I have now is a precision body with the split humbuckers with the jazz necks. I like that thin. Neck, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And um, uh, the amp that I use uh, primarily for this band is a smaller amp, but it's a trainer. And it's originally it's uh, bought it for the acoustic bass for the upright bass because that's what it was kind of marketed as. But it has a real nice sound to it. And uh, run through pedals. You know, you were talking about Keeley earlier. I need to talk to that guy. But um, oh, that dude is top notch. Oh, man. he makes some great pedals. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. I like JHS, and um, a lot of my pedals are JHS or Empress. Um, uh, you know, cause I like to put a little bit, of, put a little bit of dirt on it. You know, and um, uh, that's basically the gear I play. It's basically a P bass with a J neck. And a trainer amp and some pedals. I haven't I haven't dipped into bass a lot, but I know uh, I played a Fender jazz bass way back in high school, and I was like, "That's how a bass guitar should feel." Like, feel. It might yeah. not sound how you want it to, but that's how they should feel. I don't know something about them. Yeah. And I've I've never really been comfortable with bass ever since then, but those Fenders they they do it right. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. You. <laughs> now, I know I've seen you got a resonator. I got to play it a little bit and finger fuck it just a little bit, you know. But uh, is that your main? Is that your main rig, or you got all kind? Of, I mean, I'm a guitar player. I got a whole room full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> um, I love pulling that out. We have a, a couple of acoustic numbers that we'll do. Okay. Um, and so I'll I'll pull that out and and play that during those. Um, mostly I'll I'll play. Uh, I have an Epiphone dot. Um, Gibson three thirty five essentially, mm-hmm. um, and then I have a seventy nine uh, Strat that I love playing, um, and uh, but it's you know if you're going to play Chicago blues, you got to have that thicker, mm. chunkier sound, humbucker. There's sound. a tone to it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. You know that uh, Texas blues is more in the thin uh, Stratocaster yeah, tone. It's, it's got a little more edge yeah. to it. Whereas, you know, the, the Jimmy Reed and the Otis Rush, right, you know, right. all that, and the Hubert Thicker. Sumlin. Yeah. Purple tones, I call them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I play through. I've got a Mustang, um, uh, Fender Mustang GTX 100 that I'll play through. Um, and it has, 
has a really nice complement of, of uh, onboard effects that I'll be able to go ahead and model, uh, you know, a number of different. But I still have. I can't get rid of pedals. You know, <laughs> I, I can't. You know, so um, I have uh, one that I just got. You know, I've got the, you know, the Ibanez Screamer and all the, you know, the compressors and, and, and uh, sustainers and stuff like that. But the one that I just got that I've, I've just started playing with, and it is fun. It's, um, it's made by Donner, and uh, it's called their Ottawa. And so it's like an <clears throat> Ottawa. And so <laughs> it takes the first note that you hit, and it goes, wow. And, <laughs> and, you know, you can't use it all night, right? Right, you know, right. You know, but every once in a while, you know, you just put that on for a lead ride and people go, hmm? <laughs> and so, and so it's, it's just a lot of fun. And, and I, you know, I don't know if you can tell, but, but we like to mess around with each other and that we mess around with the audience. And, and so, yeah, I love making the audience go, hmm? So, yeah. Well, auto, auto was are fun just because... Um, Sometimes you can just you can set it to where it holds right in that breaking spot yeah. of where the potentiometer and there's just at that treble mids and it just yep. it can yeah I can throw some people off yeah yeah <laughs> but it sounds cool as hell oh god I know I know <laughs> and you know uh, there's another guy that I follow on uh, Instagram his name's Billy he runs sound for uh, uh, Grady sixty six and uh, um, and he had one, and it, it was put to its paces. And I listened to it. It's like, oh, I got to get that. I got to get that. Even if so, it's for my own fun. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, it's like 40 bucks, you know. So, I mean, it, you know, I, I've, I've wasted, I've thrown up more beer, 40 bucks worth of beer yeah. than, you know, than that pedal. So, it's like, why not? So, I did it, and it's, just, it's a hoot. But, uh, but again, you know. Once in a while, you know, so. Yeah, well, and anything with effects like that. To me, once, like I said, once I did the electrical thing, I, I built an amp, built a few pedals, and it's pretty cool that, you know, the player is, I'd say, a majority of the tone. Um, it's right there, you yep. know. But you know, little tweaks on your bridge and your strings and your, your signal chain, and it's certainly through your pedals and amp, yep. that can really take away and add to uh add to your tone but yeah. honestly if the player hasn't quite got it, it you can only do so much with pedals yeah. and modeling you know yeah. but yeah you can't you can't hide behind them yeah right you especially know? like in blues a lot of clean tones uh, oh yeah you got to be precise with your picking and and all that oh you know? yeah yeah you, you I, cover a lot of stuff up with the overdrive and and gain <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah soak it in verb it's, oh, it hides yeah. many sins oh yeah yeah <laughs> a vocalist's best friend there a reverb <laughs> well uh, did i tell you i use auto-tune for yeah. oh, oh, everybody? oh i didn't mention that <laughs> i don't think you can get gear without it <laughs> Gosh, everybody's a damn superstar <laughs> yeah you hear me say normally it's like jeez what the heck? somebody strangling a cat you know but the autotune on my vocals clean nice right on well let's let's uh let's get you guys rigged up and uh y'all can play us play us a couple tunes sound okay. good yeah, yeah. Do you have good. autotune on this here yeah uh, okay he's uh, the man to talk okay, to there good. Good. just checking all right take it away all right let's start off with uh Baby looks good. This is going to be off our 
upcoming uh, eight track release. So. <laughs> to do a rock and roll jump when you're sitting on a couch. <laughs> you just kind of no, bounce a little bit. No drummer to <laughs> I know. We're missing Pinebox. We're missing Pinebox. He's the, he is the king of found sound is what I call him. He makes the greatest noises out of the goofiest shit. It is, he is great. He's so, so fun to watch sometimes you forget to play. Oh, I know. I know. And he's just funny. He would have been so good being here. Yeah. I really miss him. Next time around. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. What else, you guys? So, what kind of you guys play covers too? Are you all originals? Um, no, we do a mix of mix of both. So, um, in fact, here's one by we were talking about Willie Dixon earlier. This is one that uh, that he did. You know, Willie Dixon was kind of a a hefty dude, 
And so this is, uh, <laughs> which is a nice way of putting it, that he was portly, um, which is a nice way of putting it. It was big and fat. So, um, but anyway, so uh, uh, I don't know if he wrote this about himself or not, but this one is called Built for Comfort. We're talking about uh, Pine Box. Our missing member today is uh, Michael Landers, and he plays the cajon and other uh, multitude of percussions that he comes up with. The potentate of percussion. Yeah. Thank you. 
I'd love to satisfy your soul Cause I'm built for comfort I ain't built for speed Could ever need Some folks built like this Some folks built like that The way I'm built Now don't you call me fat Cause I'm built for comfort I ain't built for speed Now I got everything, honey A little girl could ever need Yeah, right on. There you go. It's it's nice having uh, a bass player of the caliber of Casey because I can look over. It's like, hey, take a ride. Okay. <laughs> 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 to play lead bass, you know, it's like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> well, it's it's not the typical pocket a bass player finds himself in, you know. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but but uh, this isn't the uh, you know your typical blues band. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, All right, man. Uh, what do you guys? Uh, uh, one more? Or what, do you got, what do you have in mind? I didn't even. Oh, I didn't even ask um, you guys what all y'all had in mind to play. <laughs> uh, uh, can we do two more? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we're gonna do one by uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. This is a, um, a song that shows that you know you can write the blues about whatever moves you. Yeah. And. Uh, most good blues songs always have a really good opening line, like, uh, my woman done left me, dog done died, woke up this morning. You can't start off with a blues song like, I got a good woman, unless you follow it up with, who's got the meanest dog in town, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, the, you know, the blues is just rife with metaphor, as we talked about before. You know, they're singing one thing, but they're yeah. meaning something else. Double entendres going on. Yeah. Right yeah. Well, I'll let you read into, into what you want with this one. All right, lay it this on me. It's called uh, the Glow Code Blues. Woke up this morning. Well, I believe I waxed my floor. Woke up this morning. Well, I believe I waxed my floor Since I've been using that Johnson's glow code Well, I don't have to wax no more Mama died and left me Left me a brand new mop I've been using that Johnson's glow code Honey, I don't know where to stop well, I woke up this morning Well, I believe I waxed my floor Love to wax my floor Since I've been using that Johnson's glow code Well, I don't have to wax no more All right, top dog, I'll do the wax for you
along the baseboard get waxed behind the refrigerator ain't gonna have to wax no more well I woke up this morning well I believe I waxed my floor love to wax my floor since I've been using that Johnson blow coat don't have to wax no don't want to wax no Love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep that. Keep that. Yeah. <laughs> Ended on a on those diminished, those those funky sounding ones, man. That's that jazz coming out. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I mean, it is. The whole idea of diminished chords uh, that was a. Uh, uh, a very abrupt introduction to jazz for me. Yeah, just the whole diminished chord playground. Let's say I got a tuner if y'all need it. <laughs> We tune because we care. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun shack in southern Mississippi, east of the river by the blue skin creek. Eddie Joe Tubbs drinks hard in the morning, beats his wife every day of the week. He's ugly, nasty, low brown mean. Drinks his whiskey with kerosene. His wife left, she ain't coming back. To the bad things happening in the shotgun shack. There's a shotgun shack in southern Mississippi where flies arrive through ripped up screens. He took the stealing to buy his moonshine, hides a stash in a small ravine. He steals from pickups and steals from cars, 
Steal some people in city bars It steal the rattle off a diamond back Steals and runs to the shotgun shack He went too far and hit a man Upside the head with a tire jack Spitting gravel down an old back road Laying low in the shotgun shack He found him hiding two days later He would die right there, that would be his fate We lit a match, the smoke turned black Till nothing was left of the shotgun shack Shotgun shack in southern Mississippi That's a pile of ash where evil dwells Marks a grave of the man that burned there On his way to the gates of hell Late at night dark closes in You can hear a scream high and thin A shadow moving in the black Another ghost of the shotgun shack Another ghost of the shotgun shack Another ghost of the shotgun shack And that's cool. going to be off our new upcoming Real to Real Quadraphonic release. <laughs> um, yes. And then we're moving on to Wax Cylinders. Quadraphonic. Or Quadraphonic. It's yeah. the... Yeah, who album? <laughs> I was actually listening to that last night. Quadrophenia album. That's funny he said that. <laughs> you know, we joke because, you know, CDs are, you know, who has a CD player anymore? Right? Well, I do. Yeah. Uh, but it's more like who has a proper system of speakers regardless of your media? Oh, right. Because right. I, I, we run into it just recording this show, like, he'll listen to it in the car and he'll send me a thing and I'll listen to it on my phone and then we'll listen to it on playback. It's different every, it's different through each device. Absolutely. You know, and so that's something, tone hounds, you know, like yeah. it's just something we notice, but I don't know. If you crank up enough marshals, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, Brian Guerra is a, <laughs> is a good friend of mine and a, a kind of a studio rat and he has his own studio and, and he put out this cartoon that is just, it, it nails it. And it's like a Newman $40,000 microphone through this board, through this, through this, through this, through uh, earbuds that cost $1.99. You know? yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much. There you go. Yeah. ZZ Thompson, they recorded the Eliminator album. They would immediately press it to something, and they'd go out and listen to it in the car. They said, we wanted to mix it to where if it sounded good in the car, that was what they Yeah. Well, yeah. And then most people... Uh, probably consume their music on their drive. I assume. Oh I yeah. Mean, mo- even today. Yep. You absolutely. Know? So I can move this mic over to your case. Oh, okay. Are you guys done playing? I mean, you got one more. Oh no. Well, we could play more. Well, I mean, we'll you yeah. Know. You know, play one more, and then we'll we'll wrap it up with the last few questions. And okay, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, let me retune. So let's chit chat <laughs> while I go talk, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> 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 Well, as far as like any of the shuffle or the the more speedy stuff, um, you, you run that probably. I would assume through your your strat you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just I just brought this just because it's like easier. Yeah. And, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know. Oh, we've lugged all kinds of amps through this living room. It is not an easy task. Oh yeah, you know, and and the older I get, you know, I I, I cashed in my uh, my Marshall. I still have it, but um, I don't I don't take it anywhere because it's like oh my back. Yeah. And uh, and and this this uh, Fender Mustang, even though it's a hundred watt amp, um, it's like so much easier to. You know, I picked it up. It's like I was talking to my wife. It's like, honey, look, one hand, one hand. You know, watch me. One, I'm so big now. One hand. So yeah, it's 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 so much easier. Yeah, and, the uh, Mustangs are, are as far as modeling amps go. That's pretty much top of the top of the heap. Those uh, Spark amps are coming around though. The they're nice. Oh, they actually have a name, but Spark is who makes them and. Uh, we have a buddy that. Is that line six? No, it's it's no. like that though. It's okay. like a modeling, yeah. But it's in a forty watt head, and dude, our friend Skyler came on, and he's like, yeah, oh Tom Petty." He's like, "Let me just bring that up on his phone, and the dials <laughs> yeah. in for you." Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I've got an app on my phone that runs my amp. You know, <laughs> and so I can go in. You know, there's a, re, a, a preset for prints. There's a preset for you know, uh, yeah. for you know, purple rain for all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it has just the right amount of, of delay and reverb and chorus in it. It's like, damn! It took all the work out of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you just saved me like six hours. Um, and uh, uh, no D. And uh, yeah, six hours of, of just messing with it and going, okay, I got it. And then you listen to the you know CD. It's like I don't got it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, we're gonna do one called uh, House Party. That, All right. Uh, uh, one of our own as well. Um, and so, uh, but it references a lot of uh, a couple of uh, predecessors in it. All right, let's hear it. Okay. in the yard, baby, everything is all right. We got Pine Top Perkins on the 88s. We got Professor Longhead, too, with a boogie-woogie rhythm on the piano. There ain't nothing that they won't do at our house party. There's a party in the house tonight. We'll be dancing in the yard, baby, everything is all right. Simmering down Reds and greens Red rice and beans Baby there's plenty to go All around at a house party There's a party in the house tonight We'll be dancing in the yard Baby everything is alright
Well, we'll be swinging to our honky-tonk band. We'll be playing to about two or three. When people start to leave, start heading home. We'll have our own little party, just you and me. At a house party. There's a party in the house tonight. We'll be dancing in the yard. Baby, everything is all right. We'll be dancing in the yard. Baby, everything is all right. I said we'll be dancing in the yard. Baby, everything is all right. <laughs> no, you never do. That was great, man. All right. Thanks. Big Train and the Locomotives. Jim Madsen on guitar vocals. Bill Cummins on harmonica. We got Casey Saunders on bass and vocals. And maybe with us next time, Michael Landers will be on uh, percussion. Yep, absolutely. All He's right. A hoot. He, we yeah, we got to get him in next time. time. Awesome, man. He's got stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be able to sit back and just take a little nap. Michael, Michael, go. Awesome, man. All right, Big Train and the Locomotives. You can catch them around. You guys have any upcoming gigs uh, soon? Or uh... Uh, Yeah, so we're going to be at Mooney's on the 19th. We're going to be at uh, JJ's Alley on the... When the hell is it? This will actually drop uh, at the end of the month. Okay, the 5th okay, will be okay. at Heyday yeah. on the 18th. We'll be at Libby's on the 26th. Um, and then we won't talk about April. We got... Okay. Black. We're going to be at Bell Star and uh, 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 Bandy's and hopefully Norman Music Festival. So. Uh, hopefully, yeah. 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 Yep. Well, um, check them out, guys. Uh, uh, tour dates, we'll post all that stuff on our socials, too. I'm sure we'll be in contact. Uh, big train in the locomotives. Check them out, guys. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go local earshot. <laughs>